0: My closet was formed. Miles, where did they come from? I don't know. But if they are seeds or seed pods, they must grow someplace on a plant, probably. And somebody or something wants this duplication to take place. But when they're finished, what happens to our bodies? I don't know. When the process is completed, probably the original is destroyed or disintegrates. No, wait! That's but I take a dim view of watching my own destruction take place. There isn't any danger until they're completely formed. We, we learned that last night at your house. Your blank didn't change right away. Not until you fell asleep. Miles, when the change does take place, do you suppose there's any difference? There must be. Wilma noticed it. So did little Jimmy. So did I. My father. That must be what he was doing in the cellar last night, placing one of these. I'm sorry. I felt something was wrong, but I thought it was me because I've been away for so long. They have to be destroyed. All of them. They will be. Every one of them. Listen, we're going to have to search every building, every house in town. Men, women, and children are going to have to be examined. We've got some phoning to do. Well, I'm going to stay right here while I can watch them. I'm going to stay with And you. don't call the police! Nick Rivett didn't find any body on a burning haystack! Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast. Um, really appreciate you tuning in, and I believe that uh, today... Uh, the topic that we're going to talk about is really going to be intriguing but at the same time empowering and uh, you're going to see some things shift in the way that you think and also in the freedom that you have to really walk in um, the authority that god's given you but also in just the freedom right the freedom that god has bestowed upon us and how we can see and recognize how the enemy and demonic influences want to come in and try to to just choke that out of our life and uh today you know the in the beginning i played a little clip from a movie called invasion of the body snatchers and really that's kind of a way i see the enemy working right he wants to come into your life invade your 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 life to change you to create you to be something other than what god created you to be So he wants the God man, the the spirit man to be dead to God. And he wants the flesh, the carnal nature to be alive and for you to not be who God called you to be. So he wants to invade your life, snatch your life, steal, kill and destroy to where you miss out on, on who God is and who you are in Christ and what God has for you in your life. The main goal of the enemy is to influence your life away from the things of God, away from who you are in God, to give you a different version of yourself, or to get you to see um, through His lens of what He wants to create you to be. Just like in the movie, those aliens, those pods were uh, creating, and you can see that as like the flesh creating this version of you that's, you know, wicked, evil, and and away from who you really are and who God created you to be. And you know, you see that uh, another example of that is. Um, you know the the butterfly. When when you're born again, you actually enter into the cocoon to become something new in Christ, a new creation, right? And that's who you are. But the enemy wants to come in and distort and dis- and and really works to try to get you away from that identity, away from that new creation. And the only way he can do it is through influence, deception, um, getting you uh, into a place of. Isolation where he can get you to now thwart your mind, change the truth of God and get you to believe lies about God, lies about yourself so that now you're no longer acting and living in the authority and the power of way God created your life but now you're doing what he wants, how he wants you to live, right? Um, So we know that demonic influence, demons, that's their main purpose is to influence people away from heavenly identity. Uh, if you if you see people who are demonized, and look, people in the world are demonized, they don't even know it. And people in the church are demonized and they don't even know it. And you can, you know, the whole idea of demon possession is kind of a Hollywood thing. And you see it in the Bible from the perspective of, you know, when you're talking about being possessed, you're talking about somebody completely, their will being surrendered, right? To another Spirit, another mind, and if you look at Christianity, the whole purpose of coming to Christ is a surrender life, right? You're you're surrendering to Him. He now becomes the Lord and Savior of your life, and as you do, and the Bible says, "Be renewed in the spirit of your mind." Uh, Romans 12 says that, and I think Ephesians 4:23 says that, where you're renewing your mind. Why? So because your mind, when it's renewed, can now be possessed by the mind of Christ, the mind of God. And your life and your mind can now think heavenly thoughts, think the way that God wants you to think, and you can act and behave and do the things God would want you to do, right? Um, The enemy wants to try to get in there and thwart that, pervert that, and get you now demonized by lies, by oppression, depression, uh, by sin, by all these different ways that he tries to get in there to thwart and shift their mind off of the truth of God Put it on lies so that now we're demonized and we're doing things and we're behaving in ways that are ungodly, that are actually producing bad fruit and not good fruit in our lives. So we know that the number one goal of the enemy is to really, obviously, steal, steal, kill and destroy part. But if he can work on the way that you view yourself and how you see yourself, that's what he's going to go after. Because that's how he—that's how he begins to take from you. That's how he begins to steal, kill, and destroy, things, relationships, people, right? And you see it in society, but you also see it in uh, in the church in, Christ- in Christians, where they're just—they're not engaged with the Lord in the way that He's created them to be. And here's some examples. How, how do you think an innocent child, right? We all have pictures of babies or we know children and or maybe we've seen people grow up and they just at some point they they take the wrong path right maybe they're in prison now maybe they're but at one point they were just that cute snuggly little little right little baby that was cute smiling just so precious so innocent right life happens they go through some experiences uh, whether whether they were dealt a good hand or a bad hand they they face some choices maybe they had some horrible examples and the enemy comes in to thwart to destroy to kill to maim to make lame people right to get them off the course of what god has for their life and they end up drug addicts uh how does a how does a little baby uh, become a, a prostitute how does a little baby? Next thing you know, uh, they're they're hanging out on the streets, and they can't wait to buy and steal for another hit from a crack pipe. And their teeth are rot, and they look busted. People who are addicted to drugs and cocaine, and and sexual vice, pornography, and sleeping around, and just living in this way that is not who they are. They've been snatched, right? They've been they've been. Uh, oppressed or demonized by things that are in their life that are telling them this is who you are, this is what you need, this is what you want, right? And they're allowing some of those carnal natures, those evil desires of them to now become who they are instead of allowing the Spirit of God to purify, to to cleanse, to crucify those fleshly desires so that they can become like Jesus, who Jesus wants them to be disciplined and walk in truth and walk in integrity, walk in the light of God's Word. So we see it in life there's plenty of examples uh the murderer right the 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 serial killer old you know it, just name any of them they were at one point were just a, an innocent child and then who knows you know you always see the the stories like sometimes if you watch these movies and old Jimmy was a, would kept to himself and people picked on him at school or whatever and you have the the guys that come into the school and shoot everybody up and they're they're isolated and they're ostracized and they have you know, children that maybe talk, you know, they just uh, ridicule them or or make fun of them. And the next thing you know, there's bitterness and hatred and anger and rage on the inside of them. And they start plotting and planning with no, no guard, no check on them at all. And they just, they just lose it. Right. And they are now a mass murderer in prison or they shoot themselves. We have so many examples of evil and in people doing evil. Where, where's the example, okay, for all the, the spiritual, um, you know, and I'm trying to be careful, but, you know, you have a lot of weird spiritual people out there. Show me the example where you saw the angel come down, the demon, you know, other than some movie that somebody made, right, that they had to create and digitally enhance and be like, here, look at, be scared of this thing. No, the real demonic warfare is happening within people's minds and hearts. Because the enemy is looking to use their authority, who who the who God created them to be, and using it against them and against others to destroy the will and the plan of God. God's will is not for a murderer to kill anybody. That's not God's will is for that person never to kill anyone, never to steal, never destroy. Right? The child molester. God's will was never for that person to be a victim, never, never for that, uh, whoever did it to be the, the prey or the, um, the predator in that situation, right? The rapist, the corrupt politician, the guy who just wants money and power and will do whatever he can to get to the top, to cheat, steal, to, to lie, to, to try to, you know, create bad press for like, we have now the, you know, in our society where, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton created this whole campaign to defame Donald Trump. And now we realize everything she's blaming him for, she did herself. And they have evidence and proof. So what do you see there? Do you see Hillary Clinton like, oh, she's, yeah, she's a bad person, but why? Because the devil has been allowed to rule and reign in her heart because she has other things that she loves more than God, more than the truth. And when you have that, you're always open to have demonic influence and demonic things in your life. Bitterness of not maybe getting ahead or not having what she wants, so she that opens the door for the enemy to come in and to cause problems. So you see this in our society. You see this um, with people. People in prisons are filled with people who have been demonized, demon, demon possessed people, um, but probably more just people who are under the influence of demonic spirits that are wicked that are evil that want to take and use man's weaknesses and f- and really feed on those things and enhance those in our lives to where now those things become strongholds those things become our identity and the next thing you know we're not living to the full potential of what God has for us um here's a scripture about a demon possessed boy it says um when they approached the crowd, a man came up to Jesus. And this is, uh, let me read the scripture real quick. Matthew 17, 14 through 18. And it says, when they approached the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, kneeling before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. So here's a man desperate, right? He's kneeling. He's, he's before the Lord saying, Lord, please. He, in his heart, he's desperate. He's saying, God, have mercy on my son. You know, there's nothing like uh, the love of a father. And I'm not talking about a deadbeat loser guy who's into himself narcissist. I'm talking about a, a guy who looks at his children and loves them and wants the best for them and wants to give everything so that they can, so they can be free and successful. That's what really what God did in sending his son. But here's a man who's desperate. Please have mercy on my son for he's a lunatic, moonstruck, and suffers terribly. So here you go, you have this ethereal moonstruck, right? This ethereal, this is the Amplified by the way. Lunatic, he's crazy and suffers terribly, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they were unable to heal him. And Jesus answered, you unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed at once. So this scripture actually goes on, and it talks about, you know, how can uh, this demon come out through prayer and fasting because of their unbelief Because they're still in their identity So wrapped up into the world wrapped up into the system of identity of the world and probably in their own You know, there needs to be growth. There needs to be some dying to self And they couldn't have the authority to drive out the demon because of probably the way they saw themselves And jesus had to rebuke them You unbelieving and perverted generation How long shall I be with you? Because people in their nature, without God, things are perverted, their thought life, um, the way they see themselves, the way they see others, the way they have relationships, the way, you know, like all those things are perverted unless you have a standard that, you, that is a good standard, godly standard, and some people have godly standards, but they don't have a relationship with God. There's people in the world who live by principle, they live by godly principle, they live by morality, but they don't have a relationship with the one who created that morality. Right? They don't have that connection. But you can still have those those standards in your life and reap the benefits of them if you'll live by them. You might not make it to heaven because you need Jesus to be your savior, you need a relationship, but you can still reap the benefit of living by good moral standards. Right? Or they maybe they don't steal, they don't lie, and because they don't do that, they're they have character and integrity. But they're 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 not giving glory to the one who who gave them that. The enemy really desires to get involved and get people into a place of defeat. And in this situation, you see this young man like almost trying to kill himself, right? Throwing himself in the water, throwing himself in the fire. So the authority of God comes to to push out the demonic influence, to shut out and to destroy and to shut down the voice of the enemy in people's lives. And that's what we uh, need to walk in. And not only that, but live in. When the enemy comes and he tries to come in, that we have a standard that we go, no, I won't believe you. I have the word of God. I know God's truth. I know I'm not going to allow the temptations or the things in my life to rule my life. I, I tell the devil, shut your mouth and get out of my life. And if I see it in my family and my children, if I see it in friends, if I see it in people on the street, I want to have such authority, such a, a strong, say, take your hands off devil. Leave this person alone. And then now we need to pour in what they need, which is love, acceptance, truth. They need to know that, hey, you need to be disciplined in your life. Right. You can't live however you want and just let your your flesh run your life or else you're going to end up in a pit. You're going to end up in a ditch because the enemy's goal is to destroy and kill and take from you. What's another thing that demons desire? Demons desire to thwart the plan and the will of God that the devil does not want God's plan or his will to happen. And, you know, there's a big debate on this issue. There's people that believe whatever God wants to happen happens. And I just I I reject that theology. I don't believe it. I believe God wants everyone saved. I believe God wants everyone healed. I believe God wants everyone victorious, walking in truth. You know, it it bothers me. Sometimes there's things I don't understand, but I don't try to, to figure it out and then attribute that to God. Like there's some people who have diseases that that are uncontrollable or people that that have mental disorders or they're born a certain way. They're born, you know, with certain uh, deformities. And you go, wow, you know, why would God let that happen? Or why why are there starving children in the world? You know, I, I can't answer all these questions. All I do know is that evil comes into the world through men. And so goodness and righteousness has to come into the world through men. So men have to take up charge, take up the the call to go out and defeat the works of the enemy in the world. And so what the demons wanna do is come in and thwart through influence, through um, disappointment, through all these different things, right? He wants to thwart the will of God, twist it, make it what it's not supposed to be, right? So you see here, um, the invasion is to thwart purpose, the invasion is to kill, steal, and destroy. It's an invasion of the mind. You know, there's there's evil suspicions, evil motives, evil hearts. So the enemy wants to come in and create this dichotomy on the inside of us of where we we make every like everything like look, I, I get it. Like I've been in I've been saved for a while, and there's been times where you're going through it and you're just like, wow man, the devil's really hitting you. And the next thing you know. Because I've been hurt by people, you know? I've never like, and and there's been times where, yeah, I feel like uh, harassed by like dreams or like I've woken up in in the night feeling fear. But how many know that's not an outward thing, that's an inward thing. So I can take authority over what's on the inside of me. The fear is not on the outside of me, it's on the inside of me. I'm feeling fear. Whatever emotion I'm feeling, whatever the enemy's trying to do, it's not this spiritual thing on the outside that's like, you know, where, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't get the whole idea, okay? I'm not gonna sit here and say like, I got it all figured out, but I, I know that what I'm experiencing is happening within me. So I'm telling the devil, go from me, leave me alone, right? And if it's an outside fluence coming in, then I shut that door. I shut that influence out of my life. You're not gonna have that, that place in my life anymore, right? So if it's people... Then you, you shut the door on the people that are not, that are influencing you in the opposite direction of God, who are wanting to hurt you, who are wanting to cause problems in your life because of their own issues. You don't keep the door open for those people to come into your life and hurt you, right? And I'm not talking about like accountability. I'm not talking about godly people that come in to help uh, put a finger on and to expose where the enemy's working in your life. working in the areas of your life because there's a lot of people a lot of christians that that want to keep those walls up and keep people out right don't don't look behind the curtain right just look at this spiritual side of me but don't look behind the curtain because then you'll really see who i am and and then you won't love me right i'm talking about vindictive people who are angry people who hate their lives hate themselves who are bitter you got to be careful because those people are like at a Total open door for the enemy to come in and try to cause issues in your life. So we shut the door on the enemy. So we know that the enemy wants to thwart the plan and the will of God. So when we have evil suspicions and evil motives and things that are driving us that we we don't have control over, right? Because there's something else there feeding, whether it's an offense, a pain on the inside, a past experience. And I know I've kind of gone on this theme because I really believe it's such an ignored theme in in Christianity, and you don't realize how many people are blind to how the enemy works, right? They think it's some outward spiritual thing. I heard stories like back in the day of like spiritual warfare movement where people would get in airplanes, dress in army fatigues, and fly up into the air and do warfare, right? And do all this weird, I mean, to me, okay, and if you're one of those people, forgive me, but I'm sorry, but that's just stupid. The warfare that's happening is in you. It's in your heart. It's in your mind. It's what you see and what you create. God works from the inside out. The devil does the same. He works. He wants to get on the inside of your life, on the inside of your emotions and pervert through bitterness, through anger, through uh, addiction, through whatever it is, sin in our life that's unconfessed, that's unchecked. They become open doors and strongholds where the enemy comes in and wants to now build whatever it is we're trying to build. If we don't build it with God, we'll try to build it in the flesh. And then what we get is fleshly results. We get brokenness and and all the only things that flesh can produce in your life is death. It's not the nature of God, right? You might enjoy some of the things that you think you're you're building, but if it's not by the Spirit of God, then it's not going to produce what the Spirit of God produces, which is righteousness, joy, and peace, right? Um, so we see in Ephesians uh, 6, it says, this is one of the things that we can do is be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And we put on the full armor of God so that we can stand against the schemes of the devil. Because the schemes of the devil, the desire of the enemy, the schemes, his plans is to get you what? Offended, to get you hurt. I would say the number one goal of the enemy is to get you offended at people and offended at God. Because if he can get you offended at people, hurt by people, then he can thwart the way you see people. You won't walk in love, right? You can have a false sense of who God is in a relationship with God and create this. I'm so close to the Lord, but when you hate people, And you don't love people and you got and you can't, you know, handle the the flaws and the the weaknesses of people. And the next thing you know, you just bashing them and you can't, you know what I mean? Like you're just in this very bitter place towards people. Let me tell you, the enemy's got a foothold in your life. We have to believe the best. We have to see people the way God does. And God's the only one that produces us that in us by us having a relationship with him. Right, God comes inside and deals with the bitterness, the hurt, the unforgiveness in our life. And then he fills it with his love. He fills it with his mercy. Because when you realize how much God loves you and has forgiven you, you don't have a problem forgiving other people and loving other people in spite of their faults, in spite of where they fail. So his scheme, right? A lot of people think, well, this, the scheme of the devil is somehow to steal from me, to take, to take from me... Um, this like awesome thing that God's given me. It's like the selfish version of a spiritual warfare. But the reality of what the devil wants to take from you ultimately is the relationships that you have with people, the love that you have for people, right? Because you can't have this incredible, amazing relationship with God and be close to God and then have a bunch of bitterness and uh, vindictive and anger towards people and see people through this lens of like, you know, like, you're so spiritual, you look at people and the next thing you know, they're all you see is the demons and how they're trying to come after you. It's like, give me a break. That's not the love of God. The love of God goes and drives those things out of people's lives. It doesn't create a thing in you that to fear the devil coming to you. So you gotta like, you know, freak out. You gotta love people, right? And I'm not talking about um, people who are like, you know, plotting and planning your demise. You know, that, you gotta leave that type of stuff up to the Lord. If there's people like that in your life, you got to give that to the Lord. He's your vindicator. In fact, the Bible even teaches love your enemies, love those who persecute you, right? And and for most Christians, it's it's probably the hardest thing for them to do because they don't, not only are they not taught it, but they don't know how to to embrace the pain of it. What do you mean I got to love this person? What do you mean I got to love somebody who doesn't like me? They deserve, ah, you know, you get all this because it's in our nature to be that way. So they don't know how to embrace the pain of, Shutting that down and going, oh, humble myself, yield to the Lord, and let the love of God flow through my life instead. The devil's goal is to hurt your heart and gain access to your thoughts to keep you away from the truth of God's word. People who are controlled by the enemy will influence us away from the things of God. People who um, are being used by the devil are... And and they're in your life and they're in your surroundings, they're not gonna wanna go to church with you on Sunday. They're not gonna wanna go to the Bible study, they're not gonna wanna go to the prayer room with you, they're not gonna wanna come into agreement. In fact, they're gonna talk about everything other than God. Say like when you get around people who are passionate and on fire for the Lord, it's you can it's like it's either offensive to you because of your flesh, or it inspires you and in, And creates a hunger in you, right? Because you you desire the God, you desire to want to know him. So when you're around people who are like, just, you know, going through the motions and, you know, they're just stuck in the religious system. They might love God. They might have an idea of who God is, but there's really other things in their life that pull them away from um, the the passion, right? The passion and, and the desire to be with him and to spend time with him. And the enemy doesn't want us in that place. He wa- he works 24 hours. You know, people say God never sleeps. Let me tell you something. You think the devil's taking naps on people? Like he's just like, oh, I'm too tired. You know what, leave that guy alone. I gotta go take a nap. No, he's, he's after you. He wants to thwart and destroy and keep God's plan from happening in your life. He will work overtime to do it. And the only way he's gonna get there is by you allowing him to do it. You allowing the other voices, the influences to come and try to get on the inside of you, to pervert, to, to thwart who God is and what God's purpose is. We have to take a stand against the plans and the schemes of the enemy. We're not ignorant of his devices. We know, oh, his desire is to, to lead me away from God. So any voice or any type of situation that begins to do that, you know, oh, this ain't God. This is the devil. The the God's not trying to, to get you away from him. He wants you closer to him. So we know that the devil wants to what? Get us offended at people and get us offended at God. So he can gain access to our heart. The offense against, when we get offended, it is actually a trap for the human soul. It's a huge access or a door for the enemy to to begin to build a stronghold, uh, to especially to get us offended at God, right? Because what the enemy wants to do is, well, God does it, right? It's God doing it. God's the one who did this. God wants to do this to you. And then what happens is people look at God as some mean God and they're like, geez, I'm trying my best and yet I can't get a leg up and God just wants to hurt my life all the time and God wants me to suffer and struggle. And it's like, what's the point of serving God, right? I don't have it better than the people in the world. The people in the world are doing better than the servants of God, right? And I'm not talking about wealth and prosperity gospel. I'm talking about joy and peace and excitement and no depression and no worry and no fear. You got people who are saved, who have the same depression, who who take the same drugs, right? The antidepressants and stuff. And they got people pumping like, oh, it's okay. You know what? You have a problem. You need to take pills. You need to take. And it's like, I don't believe in all that. You know, if it helps you and you can find your joy that way, then more power to you. Okay, I'm not going to judge. You got to do what you got to do. But ultimately, as a Christian, we should walk in victory and in joy and peace because of who the Lord is and who the Spirit of God is on the inside of us. Not because we need to take a pill to mask the, the offense or the pain or the thing that we buried down on the inside of us, pretend it's not there, and then not deal with those, those issues, the, the, the issues of the human soul. When the enemy tries to to just get in there and plant a seed of bitterness. Um, the enemy's voice is what? Did God really say that? Did God really call you? Are you really special? Did God really want you to be the one he wants to use? Are you sure? Because it seems like this person over here is better than you, right? The enemy wants to come in and start getting you to, to see and compare yourself to people. And the next thing you know, you thinking God loves this person more than he loves you and then you hate this person or you begin to have some sort of weird view of them and you start to be bitter towards them or you see them have a gift or 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 have something maybe you don't have and you start like being jealous or whatever it is like that's the way the enemy works he wants to use these things that are built into our sin nature into our carnal nature that we don't have a discipline on that we're not Um, crucifying on a daily basis and get in there and cause a stronghold so that now he can get you turned. Turn away from God. Turn away from sometimes the very people that want to help you and want to bless you and love you. You Now now they become the enemies in your life because you have a place in you that's wounded and you don't let accountability and God come in and sort it out. You try to work it out yourself. Oh, well, I got and God's, you know, no, you're trying to do it yourself. You can't do it yourself. You need people in your life. You need people. We need to love each other. We need to bear with one another and forgive one another and deal with some of the pain and the hurts that people have and not let it get to us, right? Not let us affect us, but let it empower us and strengthen us and get us to look at ourselves and see why do I feel this anger? Why do I feel this way around this person? God, I don't, that's not godly for me to, to have a hatred or to feel like some sort of ugliness towards a person. I should have a love. I should have uh, a feeling of grace and mercy for somebody, right? Unless that person's just straight up, you know, <laughs> Lucifer in the flesh, which I haven't met. I'm pretty sure that's a great excuse for some people. Oh, that person's the devil. and uh, No, we still got to love people. The the thing that drives the devil out of people's lives is the love of God. Devil hates when we walk in the love of God, but he he loves it when we're religious, right? He loves it when we're super spiritual. He loves it when we talk about him and build him up and make him some kind of force like the movies that he's not. He loves it. He lives in that place, right? But when we glorify our God and we put God in the rightful place, he hates it. You know all that self-talk and self-thought life that that is a down thing, is a depressive thing, is demonic. Because where the you know a lot of times it's happening when you're by yourself. Most people don't walk around when they're in a crowd of people and have these thoughts. They walk away from it. They get alone, and now they're thinking, and now they're in this place where the enemy's looking for a chance to kick their head in, right? oh people don't like you oh look at that person looked at you weird oh this person said that oh this person didn't even acknowledge you and oh you know what christians are hypocrites they don't really love you and the next thing you know you're in this self-loathing depressive place and you're the victim and everybody's out to get you and you you know what i mean you it's just like god's up there going really come on you are you got the devil all around you and i'm here ready to deliver you empower you and set you free but you want to like live in the muck and the mire of this depressive state instead of coming to him and letting him, burying your soul and cleansing your heart, cleansing your mind, forgiving, letting go of the offenses so that God can come in and fill you with his spirit. We already kind of quoted the scripture, but we got to realize the enemy's only goal, steal, kill, and destroy, to take away. He's not trying to steal what he wants you to have. He's trying to steal the God things, the, the holy things, the, The pure things, the good things, the devil wants to come and and take away the things of God from your life, right? People go, oh, you know what? Someone came in and stole all my, the stuff I love. It's like, okay, well, who cares? You know what? Yeah, your possessions are your possessions. And I I get it. I don't want anybody stealing my possessions. But at the end of the day, more importantly, I don't want, I don't want the enemy coming in and stealing who my God is to me and thwarting the way I see him and the way I love him. Things come and go, but God, who he is and his calling and his gifting, I don't want the enemy to come and thwart and and, and shift that out of my life. I want, I want it to stay pure. I want it to grow. I want it to become that be that mustard seed that grows into a great tree in my life and produces much fruit. You know, one of the ways that we can defeat the enemy, and I I, I feel like for me, it's the number one way, is through worship. We rebuke him. We speak the word of God, we proclaim it. But let me tell you, the devil does not wanna hang around somebody who's worshiping, right? And I'm talking about you worshiping God, not just turning on worship music and listening to somebody else like Bethel or Hillsong or whoever it is that you listen to. Like, I'm just gonna turn worship on. That's good for the atmosphere, but let me tell you what's even better is when your heart and your soul opens up and begins to proclaim and worship and adore God. It doesn't even have to be in song, it can be with words lord i love you lord i thank you for my life lord i thank you that you watch over me i thank you god that you protect me i thank you god that you died for me jesus that you gave your life for me that you forgive all my sins god forgive me once again lord any wicked way lord i bear my soul lord if there's this hurt this offense this this, whatever it is god i ask god that you would forgive me i ask that you would bless so and so god i ask that you would show them who you are, that you would reveal who you are, reveal your plan to them for their life. God, bless their life. Speak truth. Begin to worship God. Be thankful. Adore God with your your words and with your heart. We worship you, God. We love you. We bless you. I bless you. I give you all the glory, Lord. You're so good. So we know that when we worship God, we are not only creating the atmosphere in our own heart on the inside for God to come and fill and to expel whatever influence, whatever demonic stuff's going on, because it washes away those evil thoughts from our heart and our eyes. What you're seeing, and I'm not talking about like your natural eyes, I'm talking about your spiritual eyes, how you see yourself, how you're seeing people, how you're envisioning uh, your surroundings and who God is and who, who people are, right? It can be very negative. It can be very gross, right? Or it can be very pure and very holy and very and that that allows for the spirit of God to flow through us to others. When we see them as demons or we see them as uh you know, ugly then then that's the, what we're going to portray to them. And we're going to come off ugly to them because we they're not going to feel loved. You know, people need to feel like they're accepted. They need to feel like they belong. They need to feel like they're 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 called, they're special, they're they're who God wants them to be. You know how many times I've been in churches where you just see whether it's a man or a woman a, a faithful man of God who's just there but you see like a like almost like a you know the only thing that comes to my constipated right like they're stuffed up there's so much of God there's so much there they they love the lord but there's no outflow there's there's no nobody's coming and encouraging them nobody's coming and saying hey i know there's something on the inside of you, you got gold on the inside you got you got greatness on the inside of you and you can see their struggle, but and they want to they, they uh, go to the next level in the things of God, but there's nobody there helping them. There's nobody there sh- shepherding them to the next place. They're left to, to themselves. And when you're left to yourself, you will, you will go the opposite direction. That's why we have um, the ministries of, of, that's why we, well, I would hope we would have ministers in our life because they're there to what? Minister to us by the spirit of God. Not wound us, not hurt us, not cause demonic right, right, problems. And, and like, no, they're there to encourage us, to push us forward, to say, you got this. You can do it. Go after it. You go all in. You're ready. Go for it, right? But you got so many people in in, in situations where they're contending with you and they're wanting to say, you're not ready. You're, you're not good enough. You You don't have what it takes. You know what I mean? Like... Like, okay, so everybody in the world, right? And I'm not saying that people, you know, you can't be qualified for God to use you in, in greater measures. But what I am saying is that qualification comes through faith and obedience. It doesn't come because people stamp an approval on you or not. So if you're looking for the approval of men, you know how many people, uh, what's an example? There's a girl who, who's a worship leader, I think at Upper Room, right? And I guess the story goes, that somebody told her, she couldn't sing, right? She, she applied to somewhere to be in some school and they said, oh, you can't sing. You're not good enough. And she didn't believe that. And here she is years later, one of the lead singers for an incredible, uh, and they have amazing worship. And it's like, you can't let people become the dictator of your life, the voice for your life. That's that, That's another example of demonic spirit, right? Somebody... Meaning, well, probably like, ah, you know, instead of wanting to take the time to invest in somebody and raise them up, they, oh, you don't have it, so it's, you know, I don't really, like, like that's the work of the ministry, right? You're working with people to to shape and form them and help them get a grasp on their dreams and their desires. You're not there putting water and and peeing on it and and going, hey, uh, you're not good enough, you suck, Right. Or because you were, you know, in your past life, maybe you had a lot of issues or you, you come from a dark place. And the next thing you know is people want to get you focused on that more than they want to get you focused on your future. And that's not to say, you know, like everybody's ready and prepared. It just means that everybody can be ready and prepared. Everybody can come to that place. And it's our job and responsibility as ministers to minister to people. And as we minister to them, it actually moves them forward into what God has for their life, not in what we want for their life and what we think they should have. You know, so many people want to keep you under their thumb, under them, in their mind. Oh, you're you're not as good as I am. And if you think you are, then I'm going to put you under my thumb, right? You're going to, I'm going to press down on you. I'm going to talk down on you. And you see that in the corporate world. You see it in any type of organization where there where there's a competitive vibe because people don't it's in our nature not to want somebody else to shine more than we do which is unfortunate and it actually causes more harm in our lives than the good we want people to shine brighter than we do in fact if we're ministers that's our treasure that's our that's our fruit where where people go higher. They go longer. They go deeper. They go even greater than what we do. That's what Jesus said. Hey, you're going to do greater. You're going to do greater than what I've done. Jesus said that because that's the heart of the spirit of God. Do greater, be greater, right? And I'm not talking about the accolades of the flesh and men. And, you know, so everybody can like, you know, you can have a statue of yourself in front of your church. I'm talking, (laughs) I'm talking about you Like just having people soar around you into the things of God and breathing on their dreams and not becoming an obstacle to them because you have, you know, issues in your life and self-worth issues. And if anything, I want to give my self-worth away how I feel about myself and who I think I am. If I love myself, like the Bible says, you have to love your neighbor as yourself. When you don't love yourself and you got some twisted view of yourself, you can't give your your, your self-worth away. I love myself, so therefore, I will give my self-worth to other people. I will empower them by saying, hey, you're awesome. Your dreams are awesome. Um, my pastor tells an example of a, a little kid who draws a drawing and the parents go, oh, that's an ugly drawing. And they they hurt the person's, vision of of their talent. You know, no, that's an awesome drawing. That's great. Yeah, you should do another one. Go for it. I'm not talking we lie to people, but there is a way we can encourage somebody, even when they're struggling. If it's not their gift, I think we need to help them see that. I get that part of it. But for the most part, what people are passionate about, we should breathe on. We should speak to. We should prophesy. As long as it's not the world, the flesh, and the devil, I My God, we want people to be passionate about the things of God. We want people to, to run after the call of God. We're not putting stumbling blocks in people's way because we're religious. But at the same time, you want where the devil is to be exposed and then separate that person from the demonic influence, from the demonizer, and free them up into who God's called them to be. God hasn't called people to be demonized. So if we have demonized people in our surroundings, we have to go after it in our authority, in our ministry to expose and see that thing separated from their life and their mind. The influence of the devil is no longer there and it's out of their life. And now they're healthy. They're stronger. They're moving into the deep things of God. They're not moving it away from it. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for your mercy. We see that the enemy's desire, right, is to get us off of God, focused away from the Lord and the goodness of God, to get us to see God some other way, to get us to see people around us in some other thwarted way. He, he wants to use us to thwart God's plan and will. Um, you know, the enemy can actually get a foothold in our life because of us. Okay. It's not the devil's fault. It's not God's fault. Sometimes it's our fault. It's our responsibility to be, uh, you know, vigilant, sober. Right? Be be vigilant, sober, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he's on the prowl. He's looking. How can I? How can I paralyze and get this Christian just going through the motions? How can I get this Christian to just be detached from reality? and live in their own reality and not for the reality of God. How does he do these things? He can do it through our own desires, right? When we lie to one another, when we don't tell the truth, when we cheat, when we when we try to get a one-up on somebody by doing it in an unjust way, in a wrong way, stealing, trying to take something that's not ours, looking at some what somebody else has, coveting, And then wanting it and looking at how, how can we get that? How can we steal from that person? Right. We see, we see these in our own heart. You know, we, we have temptations, uh, when we engage in sin, when we, when we have lust in our own life that, that pull us away from God, that, that we want to, uh, you know, we have a desire and it's not a good desire. And we are tempted because of our own, our own lust. And this is what it says. It says, no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For temptation does not originate from God, but from our own flaws. There it is. Our own flaws. For God cannot be tempted by what is evil. And he himself tempts no one. But each one is tempted when he is dragged away or drawn away, enticed and baited to commit sin by his own worldly desire, lust and passion. Then when the illicit desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. When sin has run its course, it gives birth to death. Do not be misled, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good thing and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the father of lights, the creator, sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation, no rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning, for he is perfect and never changes. That's James 1, 13 through 17. So we know that these temptations and these things that come are our own desires. You know, when we we see somebody and we covet or we're jealous or we're envious or we or they do something or say something that causes us to get bitter. Or maybe they touch a, a sore place in our life. Like, oh, you just hit a wound. Or you hit something that makes me mad and disgruntled. And then the next thing you know, we're we're trying to like retaliate and get back at him. You hit me, I'm going to hit you back now. Uh, and it's going to be bit bitter and anger and vile and, and putrid. It's not going to be love and mercy. Because we're we're just drawn away by our own carnal nature to, to act in a carnal way to people. Because we don't have discipline in those areas of our life because we haven't let God have control of the inner man of what goes on in the inside of us I know this is a long one today but I just you know when I get going I get going so I apologize (laughs) oh man I'm gonna stop there and I'll and I'll for the next week maybe go into more detail on some of this stuff um but I I want to encourage you guys You know, for us to walk with the Lord, it's not this just, hey, Jesus, thanks for dying on the cross for me, forgiving my sins. It's allowing him to live on the inside of you. When he lives on the inside of you, he begins to not only expose your flaws, not so you can beat yourself up. That's what the devil wants to do. But it's so that you can recognize who he is and say, hey, God, I know that this doesn't represent who you are in my life. I shouldn't be feeling this way. Please help me. Please forgive me. I surrender it to you. Lord, I surrender it to you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would take residence in those places. Help me to love. Help me to to embrace people. Help me to build strong relationships. Help me to to live in victory with you, God. Help people to see your light and your truth in my life. Help them to, to experience and to feel and to know your presence when I'm around them, God. That when they walk away from hanging out with me, God, that they're not discouraged and pressed down and feeling like they're busted and there's no hope, but they would walk away feeling invigorated, feeling like nothing's impossible with you, God, feeling faith and excitement for their future, not feeling depressed and sad and, and just criticized and miserable. That's the devil. The devil wants to beat you down. And he wants to use people in our life who are beaten down to beat us down. But when we're when we are walking in a place of victory, then what happens is we'll uh, we will help and empower others to do the same. In Jesus name. Amen.